we as a church are going through transition. Actually, we've started, you know, it's a process and it's a long process that we want to unpack so that we are all on the same page about what it means. We've, we've done the handover. The handover is an easy thing. It's an event. But a transition is a process. And it's a process that in many ways, by all implications, can become very painful. You all understand that. So today I want to speak briefly on profitable change. Profitable change. There's change that is not profitable. Sometimes people change for the West. Not West as opposed to East. But Baba Babika of Fitisis. Kurmuthana and Tait and Totem Bihachincha Utu Chinchilo to Jalo Fitelit. But we want to talk about change that is profitable, which means change for the better. And I want to read, I have tried not to make extensive notes because uh, we have visitors. I want to read in the book of Jeremiah 9, 23-24. Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories, glories in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. God speaks here of the priorities that sets God apart from men. He exposes the inclination of a man's heart. What a man thinks is important as opposed to what God thinks is important. Come on, so God says, let not the wise. Now, be mindful that God knows every one of us. God knows what you think makes you a better person. But remember, we said God has put a divine value on every human being. What is man that you are mindful of him? So we have said, if you compare yourself with other people, you are devaluing what God has uplifted already. Because you are taking a human value that is ascribed by humans themselves. But banana by important. But important babona it's in comparison to other people who are also not living in the value that God has placed on them. You've already lost your value yourself. And so, when people consider what is important, the wise say, hey, I'm clever. There are people here who think that they are smarter than everyone. Criticism of others is the very fruit of thinking you are better than someone, wiser than them. The Bible says, consider others better than yourself. But as soon as you say, they could be, then you know. You are saying, I could be better. I'm better. They should Rise to my level. But the God says don't. He says if you don't, you have money, consider that there are other people who have more money than you. 
If you think you are beautiful, there are other people who are more beautiful than you. So whatever you think you have or you have accomplished, don't think you are the best. So don't say, we are this, we are Cosmos City Church, we are this, we are this. Listen to what God says. If you are going to boast, do not boast in anything about yourself. But boast in these two things. That you understand him and you know the things he values. He says righteousness, kindness, justice. These things, I, I practice these things on earth. So on the, if God is on earth, he is about righteousness, justice, peace, mercy, unity, all these things. So God is about those things. When you are a Christian, you are saying you are with God, but you are on self Proclamation. I am this. I am that. They are that. They are this. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. The pride of life. They gave me a promotion. Now I am bad. God says you are missing me. You and I are, on, are not on the same page. So as you can see. Most of us are not on the same page with God. So the, the Lord reveals here the misinformed disposition of men. And his distorted view of what is to be prioritized. In his quest to be a better person. Your view of life is wrong. Even if you say, I want to be better, the ways in which you want to better yourselves are already wrong. So even if you succeed in your self-betterment, you are practically a, a successful failure. You have done the wrong thing successfully. Because you are not on God's side. And so change that is profitable if we have to talk about change that is it has to be one that has ramifications for life both on earth and in eternity if you are going to change now don't just say i want to change so that uh, in the future no 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 listen how how you must change whatever change you want to to do in your life it should stand you on good stead come on among you tell them bo pilong bo nana bo bo pilong then you have made a profitable change. Then your change was worthy. Don't say, hey, you know, mm, I'm not going to steal anymore. You know? It's fine not to steal anymore. It's the right thing. But everything that you say you are going to change, you must ask yourself. Is it helpful in this life and in the life to come? In other words, for, the, for it to be helpful in that life to come, when you stand before God and you have made changes, God must say, well done. Here's your crown for that change that you made. I'm good like that. Who changed, but the Bible says their works are going to be bent in any case. So it was only helpful on earth. But that sight is useless. So when we change, let's change for earth and for heaven. In Luke chapter 12 verse 5, Jesus says, Let me tell you who you should fear. Do not fear the one who can just kill the body. But fear the one. So if you say, I'm going to fear. Don't just fear anything. Fear the one who can kill the body and throw you in hell. Because the Bible says, For he whose name was not found in the book of life, was thrown into the lake of fire. So, Bazaran, if we are going to have fear, let us fear the Lord. 
If you fear God, you have nothing else to fear. Is that okay with us? Paul says, Philippians 1, 2, 2, For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. So which means I have adjusted my life such that it makes no difference whether I live or I die. But most of us would not prefer to die because today your life is not Christ, therefore your death is not gain. It's a loss to you. But friends, if we change such that you put Christ as a priority, when you consider your death, you will intertwine it with your purpose. People who live right and do what God wants them to do have no fear of dying because they know they have secured their treasures in heaven. But those who have distorted priorities, but I didn't hey, we are busy, we are busy. I told you that some of the things that the devil knows as your weaknesses are that you are distracted, easily discouraged, busy with things that have no eternal value. So the devil knows he can keep you busy such that when it comes to what matters, you will always be worried, but you are always busy. So there's a lot of activity without productivity in your life. Busy, but in vain. So you need to make changes. Almost like, what is this activity all about? Okay, I go to work. What is this all about? I do this. What is this all about? I mean, fine, I get money. Is that all there is? Because yes, you will die. Most of people who are employed like you died. You know, others end more than you but died. And when they stand before God, they have nothing to show for this life. What did they leave? I work. Let not the worker boast in his work. Whatever you think you have. So, profitable change is a change that gives overall meaning to life. But life is only completely meaningful when it is held together by him who holds other things together. Without whom all things fall apart. Chinua Ashem. If Christ does not hold everything for you, everything that you have held together will fall apart. And life is only meaningful when you know, I don't have to try and keep things together. He keeps them together for me. If it's trials that come, he works it together for the good. If it's tribulations, he works together for the good. If it's good things, he works together for the good. I am at a place of contentment. I know what is to have plenty. I know what is to be abased. But these things make no difference to me. I'm a Christian. I have no preferences except Jesus. True Christians have no preferences of situations. Their preference is one. Glorify the Father. Do His will. So, when Christ holds your life together, you don't have, you don't wish. The Bible says, don't say, why were the past days better than today? It says it's a foolish question. Therefore, there are lots of fools in life. Because everyone regrets. Are you not alive now? Eh? 
Are you not alive? The Bible says, of David says, when David had fulfilled God's purposes in his generation, his generation was his lifetime. But listen to how we speak in our time. Teddy Pendergrass. You must speak the Bible, not TP. Because if you speak TP, you are already, you've reached your expiry date whilst you are still alive. Because you are talking about... So what's your point? The point of your life now. Are you still with me? So friends, when we are alive now, this is our in the time of salvation, in the day of salvation, I heard you. Now is the day of salvation. Not yesterday, not tomorrow. Now. So God, in the process of Israel, Solomon now, they are, they are, they are dedicating the, the temple. He prays to God. He prays to God. He's desperate like most of us are normally desperate when we want something from God. The Bible says, after he finished praying, God says to him, no problem. I want you to hear and hear me carefully. When I shut down the heavens and there is no rain and there is calamity and there is problems. In other words, when you have strayed, when you have made my word in your life of no effect, when you have nullified my word, when you have strayed, Here's the solution. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, turn from their wicked. Amazing. Amazing. I love God. He says, if my people who are called by my name ne? are turn from their wicked ways. Can you hear what God is saying? They, they have my identity, but they have a contradicting character from mine. I do righteous works, which I have called them. But if me and them have to agree, they must change and acknowledge that you, their ways are what? Wicked. And a lot of us want to sit in a position of righteousness with wicked behavior. Friends, it does not work like that. Calamity will come your way despite the promises of God if you do not forsake your wickedness. Did you read what he says in the book of Galatians? Let no one deceive you. Be thou not deceived. God cannot be mocked. Not by you, not by your neighbor. Exactly. You will reap what you have do you know that has not changed? Do you know that the fact Jesus has died does not change that principle? So friends, if you choose evil and God is righteous, you will still reap evil. He who sows into the flesh, the Bible says, out of the flesh will reap death. I am blessed, I am blessed. Listen. You are blessed with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Do you live in the heavenly places? Eh? Who lives in the heavenly places? 
there is food, there is money, there is everything we need in the heavenly places. There's nothing we don't. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and God. Do you have everything? It's there in the spirit. But friend, the righteousness, it says the prayer of a righteous man pulls everything there into here. Availeth much. But he who does not heed the word of the Lord, the book of Proverbs says, even his prayers are an abomination. God does not watch over our ways and our wishes. He watches over his ways. That is why John tells you that if we pray according to his will. So when one, you want to live wrong. Two, you don't know his will. Three, you don't want to pray. I'm blessed. You are blessed, but you will die like a cursed person. Why? Because you don't understand. God cannot be mocked. So, friends, all forms of change lead to either a demise or a fruitfulness and productivity. It is just a matter of how we respond to change. And Jesus gives a clearer picture of the change in John chapter 15. Jesus says, I am the vine, the true vine. Every branch that does not bear fruit, my father, cut off. But every other that bears fruit, he proves. Now, here's a question we were deliberating on with the elders. Are you aware that cut off and prune are both process of cutting? Language like prune and cut off. Digenzo haol. Dilipei. How na lelekala lesabehi with a wrong? You cut it off, that branch. So we cut, we cut, we cut, we cut, we cut all the unfruitful. When we look down next to the tree, we see rubbish from unfruitfulness. Does that rubbish tell us that the, fruit, the, the tree will already be fruitful all of a sudden? No, my friend. That which is being cut is reserved for fire because it's useless. But look at the, the very interesting thing. Prune, 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 cut. So we have a heap of rubbish this side. A heap of rubbish this side. But this is useless rubbish. This is rubbish that tells you there's going to be more coming. And so how you hear the word of God, it will come and cut. But that cutting is up to you to decide for your life. Is it pruning or cut off? I don't know if I'm good. The truth will prune you such that if you love God and the truth is you, you will understand. It is the goodness of the Lord that leads to repentance. Because as I hear and I think, Lord, I was not prayerful. I need to be prayerful. Now I start bearing more fruit. The Bible says there's a fruit of righteousness. But there's one who says, yeah. Anyway, that pastor like criticizing me. How do I even know your life? 
how do I know what you do? Last time we were talking about men. Ne? I spoke about men as men. You are not the only man. And if you are, are you are cheating on your wife, you never told me unless if you did. In which case, I would still not stop talking about it just because you say so. Let me just read you a few things. So, for us, and for you, I don't know what does transition mean for you. It means change. Now, I want to read in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1 from verse 4. And I want you to hear what transition means for us. I'm just introducing it to you. We are going to unpack it in the next few weeks. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you what? Apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said. I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. But the Lord say, said to me, Do not say I'm only a child. So do not give an excuse of where you are now. Oh Lord, I'm a convert. Oh Lord, I am poor. He says, Do not give an excuse. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them. Even if they can intimidate you, do not be afraid of them. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my, what? So which means, do not tell them your opinions anymore. Even if you feel scared, tell them what I told you to tell them. Change your own proclamations over their lives. He says, verse 10, See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I said, I see the branch of an almond tree. I, re I replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I'm watching over my way to perform it. Here are a few things that I want you to remember. As a church and as a person, visiting or not visiting, change, profitable change, that transition must mean uprooting certain things and replanting. When you uproot, you take something with its roots. You see, it has entrenched itself. It's like an enamel, but we and it's not nice. And so as a church, there will be few things from next week you will hear. That's when it starts getting hot because... What is the first process? Uprooting. So there's going to be a lot of uprooting. Uprooting until you think, I call. But there's no planting without There's no building without overthrowing. God says, Jeremiah, I, I don't want you to plant on the traditions that are there. So few things that I'm going to read for you. One, we need to uproot spiritual lethargy. Spiritual sloth. When people don't pray, they are slothful. And lack of prayer simply says, what I do not pray about, I trust myself to handle, so I tell God, chill out. If you don't pray, I don't need you. 
Two, if you don't pray, you tell God, I don't need direction from you. I, can, I know what to do in this situation. If you don't pray, you say, I'm self-sufficient. I don't need God. So we need to uproot that. That is why from today you have to know, if you are a worker in this church, as of end of this month, if you don't come to prayer, you have kissed goodbye serving in this church. Because clearly, if you don't want to pray, it means you don't want to serve. How do you serve the master that you, whom you don't take instructions from? What do you do? You do your own thing. You can't. Mm, so, prayer meetings are going to be as big as these Sunday services. Then we will know whether we have workers or we have employees. Now, I did not employ you. You came to serve the law. But if you serve the Lord, you must hearken unto the Lord. We must uproot sin. Let me not get into that one now. That one I'll get. Sin, remember, has two sides to it. The fact that you are corrupted inside. That's why the Bible says a sinner cannot please God. Even if he's good. And the fact that you do corrupt things outside. So we need to uproot. Christ has uprooted this one by giving you new life. The inner corruption. Now we must uproot corrupt deeds, wickedness from our midst. We need to uproot tradition. We need to uproot independence. There are people who believe that they can do as they please. You can't do as you please. For he who died died for all so that those who live no longer live for themselves but they live for him who died for them how where is independence then there's no independence no christian can claim to be independent we are part of the body the bible says you can the ear cannot say i don't need the eye and so friend if you are amongst us you need to be accountable to the whole of we need to ask you why are you living in sin in Acts chapter 15, it says they went to Antioch. And when they caused confusion, the problem was then taken back to Jerusalem. Listen to how the Jerusalem guys, they write the letter. They say, we hear that there are brothers who came from us and caused confusion at Antioch without our permission and approval. So we did not even know they went there. We did not even know that the things they said there, they said them without even checking, is this right to say? So friends, if you want to be independent, I don't know, maybe you should start a solo career. But you can't be independent anymore. When I... Uting, how are you? You are here, you are gone. You, you, it's not possible. And we have to uproot tradition. The Spirit of the Lord is amongst us. If we keep in step with Him, we will not uphold tradition. We will uphold the will of God. Let's just stand up.